0: Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by two awesome co hosts and a guest Nate Heininger. And I'm Shane Kelly. And uh, new to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, today, We, I am very excited to have on the show uh, Anna Anthropy. Uh, Anna, thank you so much, and welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks. And I'm. Uh, it, it's funny. I've always wanted to have you on the show because I think you're so interesting, and that your work is so interesting. Um, but it's funny that we're here talking about the Mr. Driller series, and specifically Mr. Driller Drill Land, um, which I didn't know was a. I guess passion that we both shared until I saw you tweeting about <laughs> it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's 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 interesting because I don't. Um, I'm like a like a caterpillar that's like. Become a butterfly and I've sort of like left a lot of digital game bullshit behind me. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, I've like, I don't really play a lot of these games anymore because I'm bad at video games. I don't have time for them. Here, um,
0: here, the short game.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, finally, play. one of but us. But Mr. Driller <laughs> is like, Mr. Driller Drillland is a game that I imported to play on like my GameCube with like a, with, like, a fucking boot disc. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, I, am, I was, like, so thrilled um, that this game was, like, getting an English release, like,
0: after, like, almost two decades, bizarrely. It is bizarre. Yeah. What could possibly have led to this? I don't honestly know. Um, and I, I'm sure that there's been some developer interview or something that I've missed, but, like, yeah, the... Uh, Similar experience for me. I didn't, I didn't ever quite do the level that you did in terms of actually importing the game to play on an actual GameCube. I didn't really have the ability to play this game until the, um, it, until basically it became really trivial to soft mod Wii's and run GameCube games on those. Cause GameCubes were region locked, right? Like you would have had to, have, did you have to import a Japanese GameCube in order to do this? Or did you have like so a region free? No, so-
1: it's funny, now I, there was a boot disc that I had, and so you had to do this like weird ritual where you would put in the boot disc, start up the GameCube with the boot disc in it, the boot disc, you would take it to a screen where it was like, okay, you can now take out the boot disc and put in the other game, then you would put in your Japanese game and uh. hope that it all works, <laughs> and then you would be playing your Japanese game. That is that sounds like a huge pain in the ass. It, it, no, it totally was, but it also felt really cool. Like oh, it was yeah. like a kind of witchcraft to like get games running. And it was a lot less expensive and scary
2: than modding your GameCube. Mm, that is pretty sweet. How did you manage at the time to um actually understand these very complex menus that this game has? Because even if I didn't have it translated to English, I think I would have had to Really messed around in here to even get it to load. There's multiple levels of menus and extensive cutscenes before you're able to begin the drilling.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so here's the thing: a lot of the menuing is not that complicated. Um, I say menuing like I'm like a speedrunner or something. <laughs> um, the menus are generally not that complicated. The most complicated place, the place where it interacts with play the most, is in in. Um, uh, the Draga one, where mm-hmm. you have your menu, and we'll get into oh, yeah. what all the different forms of gameplay are, but where you have like a an inventory of items that you're using, but even there, you can still tell what a lot of the things are, um, because they they use English letters to signify colors. You can tell based on the color of the stone what it's used for, whether it's like you know. If I see that this one is red and it has, you know, R next to it, that destroys red blocks. Um, and then the other ones you can kind of memorize. So this was a thing that I actually put effort into doing in order to play this game because this was my only recourse for playing this, like, crown jewel of this series that I was really invested in back in the day and i mean i'm kind of i'm glad that it's no longer the case cuz it was like kind of a process but it was doable now speaking
2: of this series i read that this is the when this came out originally in 2002 this was the fourth mr driller game in 4 years so like, Project Drill was on fire at this time.
1: <laughs> Fourth and four years slash fifth in five years. Or five, wow. fifth in four years, rather. Um, this game and Mr. Driller A for the Game Boy Advance were kind of companion games. They came out around the same time. So they were both released in 2002, but yes, previous to that, it's been one Mr. Driller a year since 1999,
0: <laughs> which feels so bizarre to me. My my interaction with the Mr. Driller series started on the uh, the Dreamcast version, and I was late to the party because I didn't get a Dreamcast until um, until I, you know people were picking them up at thrift stores, which is exactly what I did. And all of my Dreamcast games were you know CDRs and all of that. And I think I picked up Mr. Driller because it was at the time, like the, um, uh, similar to the experience you had with the GameCube on the Dreamcast, you had to, uh, if you were, uh, if you were pirating games, like I was at the time, please don't tell, uh, they, uh, you would have to put a boot disc in, or they'd have these special modified versions that had to be chopped down to fit on a CDR. But Mr. Driller was one of the few games that didn't have to be chopped down at all because it's extraordinarily simple. And so the original Mr. Driller, uh, was one of those games that was just like a, an easy, quick burn that was, uh, you know, a a great thing to pirate (laughs) on the original Dreamcast. Uh, And I played an absolute ton of the original Dreamcast game. And I had no idea for actually quite a few years that the series had continued past that, even though I think there were were other American releases. I think that one, but not both of the-
1: Mr. Driller and Mr. Driller 2, I believe are the only ones that- uh, ever got i don't know if mr driller 2 got an american release i know i got a european one
0: yeah that's i think what it was like it got an english language release but i don't think it was in stores here or something like that mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah i got started with i just found the game boy color version Ooh. and kind of fell in love with it and i think i, I played pretty much every single one of them after that um the the pace of them is like really incredible like one every year but i think a lot of that comes comes down to like the fact that the each game is like pretty much the same thing but like (laughs) at least in terms of like as you said the game the actual play is very simple um you know each game has like some new assets new style but like generally very few modifications to the basic form format mm-hmm. with the exception of Mr. Driller Drill Land which is like five like incredibly heavy modifications
0: it is it is the symphony of this game of this series there's nice. it, it, in a way it does it seems crazy that they like released these this whole series of games one after another but in a way it was mostly just them hitting different platforms and rather than just doing that with ports they kind of took a different spin or a little bit of a different Tweak on the game each time they sort of brought it to a new platform, which I think is a, a really nice approach. You know, being able to say, "Okay, you you liked Mr. Driller on the PlayStation? Well, here's the Game Boy Advance port, but it's not just exactly the same thing. It's got a couple of new things, like a new character to play as, that kind of thing." Um, but by doing that so quickly, it it seems like they sort of just kept expanding and expanding the Mr. Driller family to the point where suddenly we had this like you know, cinematic the universe,
1: cinematic universe
3: <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> which, which is so crazy to me. So, okay. A couple things. One, I stopped questioning how games come into existence ever since Cadence of Hyrule, the most unlikely combination of two games I've ever seen. So if Cadence of Hyrule can exist, then anything in video games can exist. Uh, also, all your complicated uh, efforts to get this to run on your uh, Dreamcast and GameCube, uh, I never did anything like that but uh Reagan I have to say I also pirated a, a ton of computer games at that mm. time and it just felt like that that same weird thing where you had to download a thing open it in that close that open another thing all just to get my like copy of Civilization 3 that I was trying to steal <laughs> to uh to run um but but mostly This is the police Reagan, you said <laughs> yeah oh no <laughs> uh Reagan you said you were late to the party uh, I guess you know compared to the 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 rest of uh, everyone else on this call and uh, the maybe the drill land uh, cinematic universe but I if you're late then I don't know what you call me because I didn't know about any of this until we downloaded this game for this show I've somehow missed this entire existence I knew obviously I know what Dig Dug is. I kind of thought it all stopped there. And so when I downloaded this game, and I've been really having a good, great time with it, uh, I have no idea what's going on with all the the, the obvious uh, effort towards the the characters and the world and everything that like this all sits on top of. Uh, from the outside looking in, I've had, I had no idea what anybody in this game was. It's been great, but I'm really excited to hear from those of you who have been engaged with this uh this series for a lot longer like why or how any of this exists because they make some choices and they 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 really go for it in this game and uh it's very funny if i I imagine i'm not going to be alone uh because this is pretty getting pretty popular uh who download this game and be pretty shocked by the amount of like cartoons and character development in this game that like it's kind of hard to follow.
1: Mm. Yeah, see, your problem is you played Dig Dug, but you never stopped to question whether Dig Dug fucked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I think we all assumed uh, the answer was yes. Yeah,
3: I guess, you know, when you put it that way. Um, yeah, I guess I never did stop to think that. Um, <laughs> and I don't know that I should... Now stop to think that, but we have an answer, I
1: can we do but Namco has a canonical (laughs) answer for you.
0: Before we get into the incredibly deep lore here, because I think that is one of the one of the great joys of this game, is that it, it's a completely unnecessary and incredibly detailed lore. Um, but before <laughs> yeah. we get into that, um, I, I think we probably need to take a second here, at least relatively close to the top of the episode, and talk about the basics of Mr. Driller gameplay. Like, what is the Mr. Driller series? What type of game is this? And do you want to kind of, like, lay out what a Mr. Driller game is?
1: Um... Listener, I want you to picture like a falling block style game, like a like a puzzle game. Like, not quite like Tetris, maybe more like uh, Puyo Puyo, where you're kind of dropping these colored blocks, you're trying to match them. You know, if you get a certain number of blocks of the same color next to each other, they disappear, um, and then things, you know, fall and combo, and you get big points, and it's cool, it looks very pretty. Except uh, instead of Instead of being this kind of like bodiless observer, you have a body. You are, you are a tiny person with a tiny drill, um, who is in, inside of this well of blocks and you are incredibly squishy. Uh, and so you are just drilling through these blocks, um, trying to make a path for yourself to try and get from the kind of top of this well all the way to the bottom. Um, And as you do that, uh, you leave gaps behind that cause things to cause blocks to fall with gravity, um, creating combos uh, and occasionally dropping things onto your head and, and squishing you. And so you are trying to you're basically trying to navigate within this like chain combo puzzle game trying to like not get killed God, that is so obvious again i am brand new to this
3: game so i've not thought about it that much and that description of it has changed the entire thing to me to be like a nightmare scenario now i've thought of it as like a, <laughs> it's fun, a like, nightmare. <laughs> yeah it's like i had been thinking of it as like they're in there because they want to be and they just love drilling but now that they're like trapped in a Pollo game or trapped in a tetris game it's very your description is very very accurate i'm just
0: more sad for these it's a uh, really it's a really
1: vulnerable (laughs) experience
0: yeah (laughs) and you know layer onto that the fact that you're running out of air the entire time so the entire game has this feel of like that one moment in Sonic Two where you are underwater and there's the and you can't quite get oh, to the bubble of mm-hmm. air fast
3: enough. God, the sound of my my nightmares for the as a as a as a Sega kid that is haunted
2: <laughs> that has haunted me. When you are actually crushed in this game, I think it's important to note that your your winged soul does actually fly up off of the screen and go to heaven.
3: There is a, um, there is a driller heaven. So. A while, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. and, and then you're revived, which has this implication about the, uh, the cosmology and, uh, and, and, uh, afterlife. You of think Susumu <laughs> has multiple souls? <laughs> yeah, obviously he does. Or Poochie. Like,
1: you think lives are. Yeah. How about Horinger Z?
2: Does Horinger Z have a soul that flies (laughs) to heaven?
1: Horinger Z can take twice as many hits, which means that Horinger Z has twice as many souls. Oh, yes. He has
0: one soul in his head and one soul in his robot butt.
2: Like dinosaurs, yeah. Exactly,
0: exactly,
3: like dinosaurs. (laughs) So if you want to know what the lore of this game is like, I can't
0: tell if they're being serious or not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's, that's Mr. Driller. And if you played any of the previous Mr. Driller games, that's pretty much what you were in for. Like, you usually would pick an amount of uh like of depth that you needed to drill to. So like, you know, level one would be like five hundred meters, each block being one meter. Uh you know, level two might be like a thousand meters, and then if you got really good at it, you might be doing fifteen hundred meters or something like that and going for points. And that's pretty much what most of the previous Mr. Driller games were and then this game and there were there were little tweaks. So like a couple of the games would add a different type of item or something that would show up along the way. But this game gives you multiple different modes that let you play these different tweaks and variations on the Mr. Driller formula. And each of these, I think, five different modes, uh, kind of builds on that core. Six, if you count the Dreaming Parade. Oh, oh, <laughs> right. which we which we should, of course. <laughs>
3: and like, well, even seven, if you count the the single moment action plot uh, end game that. Oh right, happens. the the, the uh, boss yeah, yeah yeah mode, <laughs> the, right? and yeah.
1: then there's the multiplayer modes. Before we before we kind of get into what all the different modes are, yeah. I just kind of want to, I just want to emphasize to the listener who's like never seen this game before. Um, you should probably look up video of this because it is. In, in terms of feeling it is very different from a lot of like a lot of puzzle games that are might ostensibly be in the same genre as mm. it because it is so um it is so reactive uh, and it is so rapid fire it's really interesting to play uh i you know it, i i find that so much of it is like like Reagan I believe you're 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 a shooting game man correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> um, so much of getting good at Mr. Driller is about like cultivating peripheral vision the mm. same way that like kind of shooting games kind of require you mm-hmm. there's also like there's like almost this rhythm game element to it in that like getting down the timing of how like the cooldown between drills is so important which is different for each character it's it's just really interesting to me how this game kind of hybridizes a lot of different kinds of play Mm -hmm. into this driller, into the the core driller experience. (laughs) It's a
2: really interesting and kind of unique thing. That's absolutely right. I think as a puzzle game, this really feels extremely engaged and hands-on compared to a lot of this kind of game where you're, you know, you, you might have blocks slowly falling from the top of the screen. This really is about pathfinding and just getting the quickest possible route through these blocks and just like destroying whole swaths of them as you go. And the different modes play into this in, in different ways. Some of them you want to play a little bit more conservatively or a little bit faster. But the, the core gameplay is really just like, like you said, really be on the beat, really be nailing that drill button
0: just at the right moment and keeping your speed up and, and yeah. managing to and get quickly recognizing again. things like, uh, you know, each time you see a new air capsule come onto screen, for example, usually it'll be surrounded by, uh, you know, colored blocks in various configurations and usually some of the X blocks that you can't drill through or at least can't drill through without taking a real penalty. You
1: don't don't want to drill through right? You can, you don't want
0: to. Yeah, you definitely don't want to. Um, And uh, so a lot of the game for me is just glancing at those and and very quickly analyzing, like, how do I get to that air capsule uh, without getting crushed? And you'll see these sorts of different little configurations of those X blocks repeat themselves Uh, Obviously, there's some randomized stuff about how these uh, blocks get arranged, but different levels have different sort of characters to that randomness. And, um, you'll see these different sort of little arrangements or configurations of those X's and you have to be able to quickly say, oh, it's one of those. And if I want to be able to get to that, uh, that air capsule quickly, I'm going to need to drill out and let this, this block fall or drill down from the top or, you know, whatever else it it requires. And you have to do that extremely quickly because if you're not moving fast through this game, you're going to run out of air and lose your lives. So it's, it's a really unique thing. Uh, I think of it more as an action puzzle game than just a straight puzzle game because it's, it's so fast
3: that's what i was gonna say it's definitely it feels more like an action game than a puzzle game uh just you're sitting at the uh, trapped inside of a horrifying <laughs> puzzle uh and, and i i constantly found myself you want to go fast this game feels best when you're going fast and you're just like bah, 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 just slicing through blocks and 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 you know cutting through things getting deeper and deeper and deeper but Uh, when I was struggling the most is when I would be going too fast. Like, okay, I need to slow down. I need to make sure that I'm observing the board. And especially in some of the uh, different uh, versions of the core game that we play in this one, there's a lot of dangers out there that if you're not really analyzing the board entirely, you're just going to, run into repeatedly and die really fast. So it it definitely felt like a push pull of go really, really fast when you know you're clear and then slow down and maybe navigate a little bit to make sure that you, you get through some of the more um, single block areas where things are going to fall on you more likely and then burn through the bigger block areas. Uh, I do have a quick question though, uh, since you're all driller experts, is it that (laughs) the drill is air powered or are you running out of air because you're getting deeper into the earth, or wherever this is? Or are they one in the same? Which seems like a bad design.
1: Um, no, it's it's we we see in a cutscene that the drill is powered by a battery. Um, yeah, no, yeah, need, well the they big need, drill well, if, if you refer to this cutscene you'll clearly see um, <laughs> now they, they need the air because they're people they're people they well,
0: well i except okay, for horringer z but he's well, apparently also uh, air powered or something he's so. a
1: he's
3: you know he's a hybrid. he's a so is it is it cutting through an x block you
0: just like really—it just takes a lot you, of work, you know. You just really also, have I to think breathe.
1: that I think there's poison gas inside them. I oh. think you get like a little animation of
0: gas coming out of them. Okay, yeah. You you
2: you know, I was gonna uh, say it looked like little farts come out. <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> they're fart blocks. Yeah. the The whole thing reminds me of the of the horror film The Descent. You know, of course, it's the going deep into the ground. There's not enough air. It's dark. It's claustrophobic. It's it's really just. The the lack of air is one of the one of the horror elements of the game. It's colorful. There's star blocks. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> this is not at all the Descendants.
3: It's super <laughs> bright and there's like you can be a puppy dog going through all of this if you want <laughs> well, to. Well, it's,
1: it's interesting. This is what this is kind of one of the the fun tensions of Mr. Driller is it's a very it's a very can be a very stressful and scary game, but it's also like a Really happy, colorful game where everything, the blocks that you're drilling through are like literally pastries mm. for like underground people. Like you're just drilling a bunch of cakes, um, but you're also you're also running out of air and drowning alone underneath the surface of the planet.
0: Yeah, can you imagine anything worse than drilling down a thousand meters and suffocating to death? Like I definitely can't.
1: I, amidst a pile of cakes, yes,
0: <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's too horrifying to to think about. You know what you mentioned there is like I. It reminded me that I really want to take a second and talk about the the look of this game and the visuals because we very briefly touched on that. But like one of the things that has always really appealed to me about the Mr. Driller series is the the design of, specifically of the characters, but also just the the blocks and everything too. I think it's this sort of like perfect encapsulation or it's this sort of perfect um, e- example of what I didn't have a word for until pretty recently, but have started seeing people refer to as Y2K design or like Y2K era design, it, which makes perfect sense, of course, because the very first game came out in 1999. Um, and it's a it's a style, like a visual style that I have a really hard time describing. Um, but I can say that like back in the 90s and 2000s, I hated this style. I thought it looked really ugly. Um, and it's grown on me an incredible amount to the point where I have like incredible fondness for it now. But I I'm having a really hard time like describing it. It's these, these large headed, it's not exactly like an anime style. It's more like big headed, uh, slightly, you know, anime chibi style, but also kind with of this like, of like everything's, everything in the world is made of capsules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything's shiny. Um, all the characters mm-hmm. are wearing uh, like jumpsuits sometimes that have little like shiny parts to them, massive heads, lots of like uh, Susumu, the main character, his, his helmet has those big like ear cups on the sides that make him look like he's wearing massive headphones. It's like a bomber man. Uh, kind of. Yeah. He's a bit bomber man, but like, I don't know. Like, it, there's something very particular about this style. I don't know how to put my finger on it. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So there's a few things I could, I could tie into there. One is the Y2K aesthetic of the original iMac. If you can think about the shiny, okay. glossy candy color iMac, uh, and then kind of tie that back with, uh, I don't know, stuff like Jet Set Radio character design or what's that uh, dance game. Uh, or also, it makes me kind of think of those, uh, now that's what I think of, now that's what I call music kind of. <laughs> no, that's CD what I covers. call drilling. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because if you, look at, if you look at all of the Mr. Driller games from like 1999 to mr driller drill land um you can they kind of get go from like being like very round and like soft to being extremely pointy Mm -hmm. like you can you can get see them get more and more like hyper like y2k everything all everyone's body parts get like much you know, much longer, mm-hmm. um, everyone's limbs get, like, stretchier. The deeper you get into the ground, the more you get
3: pressed in and your features become
2: sharper.
0: Yeah, it uh-huh. that makes, makes sense. That after, all, after you know, years and years of being the world's greatest driller, Tsumu has become uh, an absolute horror show. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's
2: gravity poisoning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they, they sort of drift from, like, Powerpuff Girls to, like, Kind of sharper, Powerpuff. Power.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Paint a picture with your words. You know, although interestingly, like not a lot of female characters in the Mister Driller franchise. Uh, maybe, maybe now's a good time for us to talk about some of the characters in particular. Although we won't get to talking about how they play in for a minute, maybe. But, but like the main character, Susumu Hori. Uh, Okay, here we're getting into lore Um, in the you know, if you sat down at the Mr. Driller arcade machine, the very first one, you probably wouldn't have seen the name Susumu Hori. This would have just been Mr. Driller in much the way that sitting down at a Dig Dug machine, you wouldn't have probably learned that the main character's name is apparently Taizo Hori or that he has a a wife and uh, a divorce, a wife that he's divorced from and Uh a son. Separated. Exactly. I always like to I always like
3: to think of his name as Dig Dug you know yeah. it's hey it's it's Dig Dug
1: that's a that's a formal title uh, <laughs> technically technically that's the code name for the mission that he goes on in Dig Dug the arcade game well i mean we all know that yeah of course we all
0: know uh, that. obviously <laughs> listen i'm a professor okay i know the lore <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, you know, you mentioned that you have some notes. Maybe, maybe you have notes on the uh, on the various characters. And there,
1: oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so there's only so much we can cover in this podcast. <laughs> like the the cast of by the time we get to Droland, which is in in some important ways kind of the last original game in the series, the game has such a huge extended cast. That connects with so many different games. Um, but they kind of the, the important ones, I guess. So as you mentioned, we have Susumo Hori, Susumo Hori, the original Mr. Driller, um, solver, you know, who, who saved the world from the Mr. Driller incident. Um, his dad is Taizo Hori. Um, oh, and, and to, to explain these names a little bit, um, I, I'm not, I'm not a very good Japanese knower, um, but, Hori Susumu apparently means dig onward.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Hori Taizo means I want to dig. Um, so Hori Taizo uh, is dig dug, but he's like this washed-up boomer dig dug. Like, <laughs> in my notes I have I have written down, probably in AA. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's got the he, facial like, hair. He is just like red-faced constantly. There's like a weird... Generation, like, generation gap between these characters, also in the Mr. Driller family. Um, so we've got, so Dig Douglas is is Susumu's dad. We've got, uh, Susumu's mom is Toby Masoyo, uh, which apparently means I want to fly, um, or something similar than, than that. She's from a kind of more obscure game called Baraduke that Namco put out in 1985. This is a game where it's kind of more of a shooter. But it is a game about know, going underground. It's kind of a Metroidy kind of thing. She shows up in Mr. Dr- in Drill Land more than she shows up anywhere else in the series, so that's very cool. They're hella separated mm. because he's he's a he's a Dig Dug is a wreck at this point.
3: Wipe <laughs> uh, <Life> underground, <laughs> that'll do it. You know? it'll you do spend... it. Yeah,
1: yeah. The it's al- a rough life. You also have um, let's see, we've got Poochie, uh, uh, not Dig Dugs, Susumu's talking dog. Um, we have Ataru, uh, Susumu's goth brother. Uh, we have Anna Hottenmeyer, um, who is the rival, he originally was introduced as, uh, Susumu's rival in Dig Dug 2. Um, except that now they're cool and like, maybe they're like, maybe they have like a fresh on each other. It's weird. They we have a weird flirtation. There is there's the robot, um, Horner Z, who is introduced because a game you know, you have to have a robot in an extended universe.
3: As is the law.
1: Usagi is the forward scout of an army of alien rabbits trying to take over the Earth. Um, <laughs> so that's a character you can play.
0: Of course. Um,
1: I think that's the main cast, and then yeah, that's the definitely all the playable
0: ones. Yeah, the, that's the... all the
1: playable characters. So there's a lot of people in this game.
0: Yeah, and every single one of them. I mean, one of the things that that really um is great about this game is that it has these incredibly overproduced cartoon intros and cutscenes. Uh, and uh, and also lots of places in the game to tell you important information that Namco Bandai wants you to know about the entire cast. So, for example, there's a library a that you can go to. From Namco Bandai. <laughs> exactly. And you can collect cards in this game, and the cards tell you backstory about all of the characters, including the enemies and everybody and their backstory and everything. For instance, if you get the card about, uh, about um, uh, Susumu's mom, you not only learn her name and that she was the hero of the, uh, of the Baraduke uh, mission, but also that she's now retired from the Space Force and is working as a novelist and lives close to her, uh, her separated husband to support their children together because they're on good terms, even though they're separated.
3: That's a sort of, it's important really important. Yeah. You got to know this stuff because yeah. if you're going to watch their soul ascend to heaven, uh, Guys, d- If you want to get dig good dug at dug puzzle
2: dug. games. Look, I, people look at this and they think this is just dig dug meets Tetris, but no, no, there's a lot this more.
3: Is- and every single, g- every single version or every single, uh, uh, you know, that we've said there's five different, um, you know game styles. Every time you start one, you are treated with these very produced uh, cartoons that are that seem to have nothing to do with anything. That I assume are tying this world together. But again, from having never played these before,
2: yeah, you do. You have to click through three layers of two layers of cutscenes just to just to get to the. Place where you could hit A to drill, um, and one of those cutscenes is the absolutely precious song "Dig a Chance." Oh, I love it! Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, there's so much has, going has on as lyrics like this. "You're putting on your pink hel- helmet and playfully twisting your bangs," <laughs> as there's love and courage. There's nothing you can break through. As soon as the maze begins to collapse, and you pretty much begin to cry. There's energy in your arms. That's right. The world is here today and tomorrow. It's really inspiring. Don't worry,
0: listeners. I will play some of that song for you now.
1: It's a really catchy song.
3: I, it is. I, I can't think of a game that like, and I'm sure there's others, but I can't think of a game that has like had so much effort to with the the plot and like the lore of the world, and then for the actual core gameplay to have <laughs> nothing to do with any of the things that you just watched. Well,
1: this is one of uh, <laughs> the incredible things about about Drillin in particular. Um, that this is a series that, uh, you know, know, there's all this lore, this, this series was like five, was like, God, five, four years old when this game came out, (laughs) like they had there was just this like rapid combinatorial explosion of all these different like
0: story elements and characters and all this stuff. Someone at Namco Bandai really, really loved this property and wanted to make it the linchpin of their entire project
1: of a few people. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you really feel that love when you play it because it is an incredibly beautifully produced game. Even the the original GameCube version is just like oozing with this care for something that is like a great game, but also surprising to see that level of care in all of these sort of ancillary aspects to it. One other thing while we're still talking about lore, because obviously this is one of the fun things about this game and I wanted to mention it. (laughs) Um, uh, So this game was obviously like where Namco for some reason in the early 2000s decided to start tying every single one of their disparate properties together into a common universe. And this is sort of the linchpin of that, uh, of that tying together a sort of massive project that seems to have completely fallen by the wayside by now, but apparently is still part of the canon of Namco Bandai. And it extends much further than it seems like from just this game. So like, because this game is set in the world of Dig Dug and also the world of, uh, you know, Baraduke, and, uh, uh, you know, Baraduke was, uh, was the, uh, the main character of that was fighting for the United Galaxy Space Force. Well, this actually extends to a, an entire universe of games that connects almost everything that Namco Bandai had done up to that point and some things that came after. So um, where is Pac-Man in this? I think he's probably in there somewhere. No, he's living his life. Uh, Pac-Man 2, you ever play that? He's living
3: his nice little life off <laughs> of his little cottage. Oh. Uh, he's having a good time living his life.
0: I have a list of games that are related to, Uh, that are part of this same universe, what's called the United Galaxy Space Force universe that this game is apparently set in. And I'm not going to list all of them because there's over 30, but you can imagine it's (laughs) it's a lot of games that this ties together into a common shared universe, including things like Galaga Galaxian and its sequels, the Galaxian games, including Ace Combat 3 Electrosphere, apparently, for some reason. I don't know why. Um, including both of the, the, the Dig Dug games, obviously, uh, Star Trigon, um, Something called Starblade Thunder Scepter The, the Star Trek characters appear in um, in Star Driller. Oh, is that uh, They're yeah. just hanging out? Yeah. So anyway, long, long, long list of games that are a part of the United Galaxy Space Force universe. And I I just I really love this. I don't know why, because it seems like an incredibly bad idea executed in a mediocre way, but it's a wonderful thing about the game that I I just love. <laughs> Uh anyway, that's uh that's the, the lore of Mr. Driller. Anybody have anything else uh, to say? Nothing but questions at this point. Please go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I just wanna touch
3: on um you know this is uh, a bit of a spoiler for this
0: game, so uh, you know. Oh, by the way, to, while you're uh, speaking there, just for a second to interrupt you because I wanted to mention. Did it. you hear listeners, that? Yes, I can, listeners. If you're yes. hearing explosions in the background, that is because uh, we are recording this uh, on July 4th, and uh, sorry for any audio issues that may come as a uh, uh, you know as a part of that. But uh, I'll do my best to edit around it. But we're recording on July fourth evening, uh, the evening of July fourth, yeah. and
3: it, we're we're recording it for at right at as the sun is setting. So right all at the people been waiting, yeah, right when it's time to do fireworks. But that's our commitment
2: to our <laughs> listeners.
1: So sorry for the explosion noises and sorry for the failed state of the United States of America. <laughs> yes.
0: Can I say that on your podcast? Yes, you can. All- it's <laughs> uh. With, with the with the uh, the celebration of uh, of America going on, there's nothing I'd rather be doing than talking about like, Mister Drill.
1: Most of the villains in the game don't do any actual villaining. No, they're just yeah. working at the theme park. They're just janitors.
3: <laughs> so, so yeah, so the the funniest thing to me about this game because I I really the gameplay that to this game was so was so fun and I and I have really enjoyed playing this game, but I I've had it's been in, impossible for me to like have any ground to stand on with these characters. The way it's presented to you is. uh, is as if you already of course you know all of these characters, and <laughs> now it's t- now it's time to really have them interact with each other and make little jokes and have like little of the moment things. and I'm just sitting here like, what the hell is going on? And then
2: <laughs> this is uh, kind of tif- typified by the moment when uh the so they've been introduced to the theme park by the, the doctor guy who created the theme park, the world's yeah. first underground theme park. And the and Poochie the dog is like doesn't he kind of remind you of someone?
3: <laughs> I was like, How on I, earth? I don't he know. Me of <laughs> yeah, and so so you you
0: you I mean playing... <laughs> doesn't he remind you of someone from the Game Boy Advance game <laughs> from, that came out two years ago? That you probably yeah yes. I know.
1: I believe his name in his his disguise name is like Fluid but with like a plot Fl- so yes. it's cool um and his his actual identity I won't reveal because I don't want it it to would, spoil it would be a spoiler yeah. uh, oh no please the, don't the incredible uh, act 3 twist of this game
3: yeah so so you go so you it's clear you need to go to all the attractions and play all five variants of the of the driller universe but there's no there's nothing that is compelling you to do that other than the game it's clear that you need to do that in the game and there's some like light Set up that like, hey, we should go and do all the things, right? This is a fun, this is a fun amusement park. And you're doing the fun amusement park. And then on a dime it becomes a serious action plot that has you do one more little puzzle. And then you watch like an eight minute video, <laughs> <laughs> like a full, like a full on short cartoon <laughs> of the, the, they explain the, the problem you watch the characters deal with the problem and then resolve the problem, and then it's credits. <laughs> I
2: have no... to say about, about all the cartoon elements of this, um, I have a two-year-old son who absolutely loved these
3: yeah. cartoons.
2: Oh, they he, look and sound great. He yeah. loves them. And these things are fully voiced in Japanese, so he doesn't mm-hmm. understand anything that's happening in these cartoons. I would occasionally uh, read some of the on screen subtitles to him but he has liked this game so much to the point where he'll he'll come to me he'd be like uh i just want to play mr driller with you guys (laughs) and and yeah and he's he's super into it so i am i am gonna have to be uh i'm gonna be continuing to like collect things uh in this game because he's He's extremely in on on Mr. Driller. I think his favorite is Poochie. Of
0: course, nice. really well,
3: poochie. of course. Yeah. It just it was uh, like yeah, it looks it sounds great. I'm here for it. It was fun and it was funny. I've just never had a game that I've been like, oh, this is fun. There's no plot, and then the plot is introduced, <laughs> dealt with, and resolved all out of my control, and in through a cartoon. It was awesome. But <laughs> it very, is, very, yeah. It's, very, it's
1: really <laughs> it's really interesting because this game is like. This game is the game that, like, people know as, like, the big game in the Mr. Driller series, um, but everything that happens in the plot is referencing something that happened in Mr. Driller G, which is, like, <laughs> okay. kind of the previous game. So that's the one... Mr. Driller G is the game where all the plot happens, and now <laughs> we're just in the game where we go to an amusement park.
0: I know. It's like the hot That's... springs episode in the middle of the anime or something. Yeah, Did and, I just like, show my final there? A <laughs> <episode>. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's so weird. It's like again, there's strange. all these characters who show up and like like all of the all of the janitors are like the like evil team from the last game, but all they basically do is like like, run around and, like, be like, hey, yeah, I guess we got this part-time job now. Oh, I'm going to be a weird stalker, I guess, to to the emo driller kid.
0: Um, but, yeah, we're just not, this is all we're going to do. But it's like there. who's she has a crush on? What's his face? Awesome! Glad to see it. <laughs> L- love it. Yeah. Uh, it, that, it is really, really so strange much and more wonderful sense to me. I I love it yeah. so much. I, I feel like we do need to get into talking about the various different modes, which are the kind of core like please the thing about this yes. game. There are there yes. are five main. It's essentially a collection of five Mr. Driller games. Each one has its own twist, and the first one we probably don't need to talk about very much because we've already been talking about it. the The main mode. Is called Drill Land World Tour, which is exactly previous Mister Driller games. The sort of theming is this sort of like you. Uh,
1: it's a small world. It's a small
0: world, exactly. It's a small yeah. world, um, and so as you drill down through uh, through the earth, you get like little uh, songs and and graphics based on different countries. Um, I, I will briefly say though that this was the this is the mode that has my favorite song. There's a lot of there's a lot of great songs on the soundtrack and I'll probably try to play some of them as we go but I really really love the uh, I forget what it's called there's a song in the middle of that level that where it breaks from maybe tense music at the beginning and suddenly you're hearing a cheerful song sung by a uh, sort of artless Japanese schoolboy choir that's like <laughs> singing about Susumu and what a great driller he is presumably <laughs> Um I I love the soundtrack for this and how completely like unashamedly goofy it gets.
3: It just jumps from genre to genre uh, it 'll be like a, a smooth jazz track to like a funky sort of k pop sounding thing to 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 whatever it, it's it's great uh, there's a track, track.
0: on this there 's a track on this soundtrack called uh the the, the Food of the Dragon is the people <laughs> and I I love that title so much, and it's also a really kick-ass song because it's this sort of like weird uh, acid jazz flute thing that sounds like it's trying to go for a fantasy vibe, and it's super cool. There's so many yeah. weird tracks on this thing. We, it made me think of we... uh, like
3: it made me think of Katamari yeah, are we talking a little about the bit. Modes. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, we got sidetracked, but this
1: is yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, I literally have have written in my notes like this soundtrack would have been as big as the Katamari soundtrack if the game came
0: out over Oh, here. I 100% agree. Oh, for sure, yeah. It, it's it's like a great so
1: soundtrack. so eclectic, such a wild mix. Are we officially talking about the soundtrack? Okay, do we let's, wanna, like...
0: let's do that now, because this is the spot for it. Okay. Yes, we're talking about the soundtrack.
1: So so, um, so the soundtrack for this game was composed by a guy named Goshina, um, who, by this point in the series, was the official Mr. Driller soundtrack person. Um, <laughs> what a title. He, yes. Um, so this is, like... So he's, like, worked on a lot of Namco games that, like, you would probably know. He worked on Idolmaster, Tekken, uh, Ace Combat, uh, Code Vein. Um, and he works on, he you know, works on animes. I don't know anything about animes, so I don't know which ones. Um, he used to... I was, re- I was doing some research on him. He used to be a member of, like, when he was in school... A J-pop Megadeth cover band. So, like, Megadeth, but J-pop. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and that kind of explains a lot about the soundtrack of this game, it I does. feel like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the, 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 cool, the other cool thing that I kind of unearthed. Oh, that's a, okay. Drilling. Sure. Um, <laughs> is, so. He, so he, he first worked on, you know, the first Mr. Driller game he worked on was the original Mr. Driller in 1999. The songs that he turned in, they were like, I don't know if this fits, if this fits a puzzle game. Like they were just too like poppy and like, they were just like a little too like, they were like, this doesn't feel like tense and contemplative. This feels like happy and and whimsical and interesting. Um and then by Mr. Driller G, he was like running the music for the entire, uh, nice the entire franchise. So it shows what they know
0: clearly. Um, and also, that's exactly what the Mr. Driller series is, right? It's not that tent that like solemn, contemplative well, what it, Tetris thing. That's what it becomes, it's, right? Yeah.
1: Over the course of like this five year period of extremely rapid iteration, it becomes this like wild, splashy, eclectic like mix of a million different things, which is why I drill in, I know is like so fascinating. It so works too. It's so many things.
3: Yeah. I, I really, really love the music. Um, the, the, uh, the, the variant of the game that I got, I enjoyed the most out of all these was the horror house mm. variant, oh, yeah. uh, which has a fantastic song uh, and fantastic music all around that changes the deeper you get, I, I know that's how they all work, but, but changes, uh, and changes in style f- multiple times, the deeper you get. Um, so the thing I liked about the horror house variant, uh, the, was how it adds a, 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 new wrinkle into how you're used to playing the, the standard, uh, digger mechanic, which is kind of go fast. You can drill any block, just make sure you don't get crushed, right? Well, in the Horror House one, they now add these ghosts that can travel through all of the blocks. And if you break a block that has a ghost in it, then you get surrounded by bats and you lose oxygen or lose air. Uh, so you now have to, not only are you trying to avoid being crushed, and you're managing your air supply as you get deeper, but you also are being blocked from uh, breaking certain blocks, whereas you hadn't really had to worry about that as much. Mm. Your, your traversal path, at least from like the core game, was fine. You were mostly just trying to go fast and avoid being crushed. Now you're trying to vo- go fast, avoid being crushed. And avoid breaking blocks that have ghosts in them. And they're following you. They're trying to get in front of you. They're trying to, uh, if you stand still, they'll get up next to you and they, they like puke out of the block onto you and it does a significant amount of damage it's like 30 air or something Mm -hmm. like that so so you have to move fast because you don't want to get ghost puked on but you can't move so fast that you're just chopping through blocks because sometimes there'll be multiple ghosts in one block and so if you break a block that has multiple ghosts you get really hurt and then but the way you actually win is by killing these ghosts. And this is where it felt like Pac-Man to me. Because there's holy water uh, all throughout the level just sitting there. And uh, you, you walk over it to fill up your bucket. And then you now, when you press uh, B at a block, it injects that block with holy water. And kind of fills most of the blocks in the direction that you sort of injected the holy water and any ghost that happens to be in that, in those blocks that kind of get washed over by holy water, they freeze. And if you break the block while it's still shining with the holy water, you can collect their capsule. So it it feels similar to like in Pac-Man when you get the power pellet and you have a very short window of time to actually go aggressively at the ghost instead of just constantly trying to avoid them. And when you break the block, you collect this like power crystal. And that's actually the goal of the level is to kill or is to collect a certain amount of these power pellets. So it doesn't really matter how deep you go, but you're going to have to go deep because that's how you get more holy water. Mm -hmm. And so it became this weird or really challenging but really enjoyable mechanic of trying to avoid ghosts to get to the holy water. And then trying to aggressively go at the ghost because that's ultimately the mission of the level. And I really, really enjoyed it. It was fun to have that sort of holy water mechanic where you kind of clear an area and you just run through it as fast as possible. Um, it is really cool and, and I really, really enjoyed it. It's my favorite of the uh, of the five yeah, different
0: ones. I like this, this one a lot too. And what was surprising to me about it, I didn't put this together when I played the game back mm-hmm. on the in this, in my case, the Wii. But uh, playing it now, I realized how Dig Dug inspired this particular zone or level is. It's so much more like Dig Dug than any of the other, uh, you know, other modes, because you've got those free floating enemies that can travel through the, the, you know, the environment that you're having to drill through. Uh, they can just sort of float through it, and they're invulnerable until you, in the case of you know this game, pump them with holy water, or you know with Dig Dug, it would have been your air pump or whatever. Um, but it felt very Dig Dug to me in a way that I really, really liked. I don't remember playing much of this one back on the uh, on the original version, but here I really enjoyed this mode. Yeah, it has this really? It it gets really, really tense
1: because like of the the tension between like you're trying to find a path to the next like holy water chalice or whatever bottle. Um, but like you're tr- trying so hard not to drill, not to accidentally drill a block that has a ghost in it. Mm-hmm. And the, what the moments where you accidentally do without realizing it. And then there's just like, you just get sworn by bats are genuinely scary. Like those are like jump <laughs> yeah. scare moments. They're
0: great. <laughs> Love that. It's really, it's, it's really like visceral. So, my favorite of the of the modes here, and one that I had a lot easier time with now than I did back when I played the original version of the game in Japanese, uh, was the Hole of Druaga mode. Um, so uh, if you aren't familiar, it's a reference to Tower of Druaga, which is a arcade game that Namco put out way in the past, and I don't really know much about it. I know it's a very influential and popular game and kind of a proto-RPG.
1: The, the thing that everyone knows Druaga for is that it's super obscure mm. um, that it's like, you know, in order to beat this this one enemy, you need to press the left wall of like this level five times. It's, it's very Pro The Legend of Zelda in the sense that, like, in order to play it, you kind of need to share knowledge between different pe- different people that you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. As you know thinking about game arcades as social spaces where knowledge is transmitted between people,
0: yeah, and this actually has a little bit of that in that some of the rules of this mode are not really directly presented to you, uh, namely the fact that you know you, you have to this is a mode where rather than just drilling straight down, uh the game is arranged into kind of rooms or I guess you know chambers that ha- are full of blocks, and as you drill down through it, you can either and exit through the bottom. And go on to the next mode or next, uh, you know, chamber if there is one. Or sometimes the exits will be on the sides, and you have to get out that way. And they kind of uh, string these driller chambers together into a kind of a mini dungeon. Uh, And uh, the goal is a little more complicated. Rather than just get to the bottom in a certain amount of time, there are enemies that you have to kill along the way. And there are uh, stones that you'll pick up along the way that you can use at any time um, in order to have some effect. Usually they're little simple stuff like gain some HP. That's another thing I'll mention in a second. uh, Or you can get a shield. uh, But the really important ones are blocks to... Uh, change the color of the blocks around you. Uh, So you can change a bunch of blocks around you to blue or red or what have you. And then there's another type of stone you can collect that lets you you destroy all of the visible blocks of a particular color. Um, So a big part of this is drilling through these levels and collecting these stones as you go and then using those stones to take out other blocks. Also, uh, you have a little bit more of a complicated mission here. Rather than just get to the bottom, you have to first... Navigate through this little mini dungeon and find a dragon that then you have to fight and take a key from it. And then you have to take that key and find another room with a boss gate. Use that key to open the boss gate, and then face the boss, Druaga. And uh and fighting Druaga. very in a costume, one of the uh <laughs> yes. of the bad guys. And like suspended from like a like fishing line. Everything in this has this sort of like uh, you know, barely uh, uh, m- poorly assembled theme park attraction that kind of vibe. Together, going. and I yeah. I love that about it. You know, every everything is somebody in a costume.
2: Um, yeah. and speaking of costumes in this one, um, this is where we see Susumu in a dress, which is just adorable. Oh, that is really cute. when <laughs> Because he gets to the bottom. it is the it is uh, Anna Hotnmyer, yeah. who is the uh, who is the the player character here. Saving Susumu, who is wearing a princess dress, which is very, very funny and adorable. Yeah.
1: Oh, the, the gender roles of Mr. Driller are, like, so complicated. And I'm like, <laughs> I, that's not a
2: joke. I'm, like, being genuinely <laughs> sincere about that. Yeah.
0: Like everything else about Mr. Driller, <laughs> it's overcomplicated.
2: Uh-huh. It is. It is a little bit. They only have one female uh, driller, and yet... She's not the princess that you rescue, so who else would you pick but Mr. Driller himself? Well, they're both—this
1: is—I this is. This is I don't know that we have time for another tangent, um, but Susumu i so I'm all for it if
0: you've got time for tangents.
1: I mean, Susumu and Anna are both—have both very non traditional performances of their genders. Hmm. Um, Susumu is, like, very femme um, and is, like, you know, very, very pastel— um yeah. and he's anna literally
2: wears pink and he's wears got it his...
1: like pink the... <laughs> and like powder blue um, anna is presented as like kind of very butch um but there's also the, this element where like she's also a foreigner mm. um she's like german and so there's this like stereotype of like the non-japanese woman as the more aggressive one you know if, if you watch if you watch Ava Asuka is the kind of the same thing um, <laughs> oh my god yeah. and then but then Susumo also has this dad you know Taizo who represents this like kind of Japanese masculinity that's kind of dying that's like really outmoded that's like very kind of um very emotional and 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 macho mm-hmm. um, but like isn't really what Young men, like young Japanese men aren't real. like, aren't really right now. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Japanese, nor am I like an expert in this. Uh, but the, it's, it's so interesting that, it's so interesting that, like, in this game, like, yeah, like, Draga is a, when it was originally released, was like a really traditional, Like, you play as, um, you play as, like, a, as, like, a dude who, um, who rescues, uh, who rescues a girl. Um, even though they're based on Gilgamesh and Enkidu, who were both, who were both men, who were lovers. So there's just, like, so many layers, interest, like, of gender play and inversion in, like, encoded into, like, this whole of Juraga stuff. I, you know, it's very interesting. Someone should pay me to write an essay about it. <laughs> I would read that essay. I, think.
0: I would absolutely read that, and that's that's definitely like I like the theming here. I like the fact that it ties back to this classic Draga game. Um, the The final boss uh, is really obscure the way that you kill it. Although, I mean, if you study the menus, like you can figure it out. It's but I definitely like didn't know it initially, particularly when everything was in Japanese. Um, so you have to get to him. You can't damage the boss directly. You have to, uh, use the, uh, the stones that, uh, that destroy things of a certain color, uh, matching his aura. He glows in different colors. Te- technically her. Oh, excuse me. That's right. I'm sorry. Cause I was, cause the, the costume situation. And, um, uh, I'm not even sure I really realized who was in the costume when I was looking at it now that you mentioned. Um, in any case you damage the boss, uh, using the stones and you can use the stones that recolor blocks to also recolor the boss, which is, uh, I actually, it seems like it'd be really difficult when you get down to that boss to, you know, have to use a consumable item to take out the boss, uh, which seemed on the face of it, like it was going to be really annoying. Uh, But actually I really enjoyed that because you're constantly drilling through an endless uh, endless drill zone or whatever at that point. And so uh, a big part of that is you use whatever stones you happen to take with you into that boss area. And if you still haven't killed uh, Druaga, you have to continue drilling as fast as you can and hope to get the stones that you need to take out the boss for the last little bit of its health. And I actually really, really enjoy that aspect of it. Um uh, I don't know if there's anything else I missed there, but uh, this is a much more complicated mode than any of the others, uh, and it's one that I didn't get on very well with in the Japanese. So having English language text in the menus actually made a big difference for me here on this one. So um, I, I, I mean, I, I was surprised I liked this one as much as I did on this yeah, version.
1: There is an interesting like element of like resource management mm-hmm. in that there's like kind of a trade off between like trying to like get through to the boss as quickly as possible but also trying to make sure that you have like enough items to fight the boss when you get there i
0: know it has an interesting balance and also fighting enemies along the way some of these other um Mm -hmm. modes have enemies in them like the ghosts but this is i think the only mode where you're directly having to like fight enemies with your drill yeah Uh and um it works better than you'd think and it made me think like they should just have i mean if they were making more driller games i think Like, it doesn't seem like it would work on the face of it, but having enemies that can hurt you in the game... Uh, that you have to drill to kill is actually a lot of fun because a lot of it is uh, trying to... Drill f- to kill. I,
2: I know, I did not... I was <laughs> going to say, I think you got something there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Drill to kill. Um,
0: that sounds like a horror movie. Put that on a shirt with uh, with a picture with of scissors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 more fun than you'd think. Like, I, I really liked having, you know, to figure out how to approach those enemies in a way that I could attack them without taking damage in return. And, and um, there were a lot, of, a lot more approaches than you would think given... Given the the really simple mechanics there, so I, I had a great time with this mode. It's the one I spent the most time on. Mm-hmm.
1: Before we before we this like kind of move on from this, can I just like quickly just like give a shout out to Drindy Adventure, oh, which do. I think is is either my favorite or just the one I've spent the most time with because I I kept I kept dying just like right near the end of the like <laughs> level two mm-hmm. run. Um, so Drindy Adventure is just I'll give a real quick is like this indiana jones themed uh like take on it starring like starring dig dug dad dig dad <laughs> Yeah, this was
2: my favorite as well i was not gonna let us move on without talking okay about indie excellent good, good good
1: the interesting thing about about this one there are a couple interesting things one is that blocks don't chain so like normally um, if you know you you destroy a block and then cause other other blocks to fall and those blocks match with other blocks of their color those would also fall so you can normally you set off like ch- enormous chain reactions that doesn't happen here so this is kind of more of a like slower paced in some in some ways a like more puzzle puzzly kind of um, kind of game but also there are these these bol- rolling boulder blocks that are just just the assholes of Mr. Drill work. or Drill Lands, yeah. <laughs> and if, yes. you know the second they're unleashed, they start to roll in a direction. They can destroy other blocks. Um, they take multiple hits to uh, hits to to break. And if they touch you, you die. Um, and, and this game, they reverse. Have, they'll roll until they hit something, and they'll roll the other way. Their their behavior is actually really interestingly complicated. Um, and so this game is kind of largely about understanding the ways in which these things move and like figuring out how to unpick
2: them. Mm -hmm. They also place them in a really interesting way. I found with the, um, the non moving blocks, there's these structure blocks that don't fall. And then also the traps, which are really interesting, um, because they start off just by placing them next to the gold statues that you have to collect 10 of to, to progress. But then they also have things like spike blocks that will uh, stab you if you stand next to them. And they seem very deliberately placed in configurations with these traps. So they really are trying to get you here. Yeah, those boulders drove me crazy. Every time I think,
3: I know it, I, I got this. You would think a slow-moving boulder in a game that you have like you can dig you can go fast you would think you could just dig away from these fucking boulders but they they get you you you
1: you can't (laughs) dig away from all your problems
3: (laughs) i try i try um and then you finally think you do and you've run into a spike trap just like life
1: this is like another thing that's really fun about mr driller drill land is that the all of the all these different side games kind of Extrapolate on different aspects of the main game that are interesting. Um, so, like Drindy Adventure is, you know, is unpicking, mm-hmm. is like developing those parts of the main game, which is where you're like, you know, you've, you found like an, an oxygen tank surrounded by X blocks, and you're like, hmm, how do I get that out of there? Um, and Drindy Adventure is kind of a whole game about that, about just like unpicking these interesting knots. Um, so I don't know. What's really cool about all these these like five different games is that they each they each kind of explore one other aspect of play that's really cool about the core game of Mr. Driller. I don't know.
0: I I completely agree, and and that's what makes this whole package. So, like, it makes it the capstone of the Mr. Driller series. And even if you don't care about the Mr. Driller series, this is the definitive version of that. So if if you're a newcomer to Mr. Driller or if you've played any of the other games but you want something maybe a little more meaty, this has so much. There's just so much to this game, like – Much, much more than you expect going into a puzzle game. More lore, more variety, more game types. That
3: more music, more
0: music. So much music. Yeah, I think if I,
3: Uh I yeah, I completely agree. I think if you just bought a game and it was just like the Horror House or just Drindy's Adventure, um, and I think you would play it. It'd be fun, but you'd probably move on. Uh, the fact that you get all five of these and they, the skills that you have from one do carry over to the other, you're getting better at drilling. You're getting better at managing the worlds. It just complicates it a little bit, and it, and it makes you reframe the skills that you've already had. Maybe instead of drilling as fast, now I have to slow down a little bit because there's ghosts. Or maybe now I need to speed up because there's boulders chasing me right It's the same thing it's just complicating it, and it really brings it all together i I, I think it it really really works and I had a lot of fun even though I didn't understand ninety five percent of what was happening in this game. <laughs> uh, the the core game was fun it was really, really fun. I'd never played any of these and I'm and I'm really glad that that we did this game uh, because I've been really having a great time with it and the difficulty escalates pretty fast too. Uh, I the the second level of all of these are considerably harder than the first so th- it really scales and this game has a lot of depth
0: to it I think. So this game miraculously, is out on Nintendo Switch and I believe also PC Steam, right? Um, so it's on Steam. Yeah.
1: Also, if you, if if you're if you have a Switch, there's a free demo of it on on the Switch. Oh nice. I don't know if there's a demo on the stream, but you there's the Switch. You can you can see if this like weird, extremely hard drilling game like works for you totally. You fl-
0: For you buy it. Yeah. And uh, one last thing that you just reminded me we didn't mention at the top is that this version of the game added a new difficulty mode, which from what I understand, isn't a huge reworking of the game, but, um, the original game, uh, is still there in its original form, but there's also a quote unquote casual mode that basically from what I understand just increases the number of lives you get for various modes by one. Um, Oh, is that what it does? Yeah. That's what I heard. I haven't actually verified that. Um, did anybody play the casual mode? I played on casual. And yeah, that's I what still I did too. Got
2: crushed by ten thousand boulders. <laughs> yeah,
0: I a million ghosts puked all over me on casual mode. All right. Well, so casual mode, I think, is probably great for if you're new to the Driller uh, games, and if you want, the original mode is still there. So up to you. Uh, and I'm I really really glad that this finally got a release. I honestly, when I saw that this was coming out and getting a full English translation, I was I was absolutely floored, totally shocked. I can't believe this thing came out and came out on the switch it's wild so uh, i'm so you. excited for people to like discover this series me too yeah yeah so if you haven't checked this out it is on nintendo switch and steam um i believe it is 30 dollars, which is i feel like a little bit of a premium price for a uh for a puzzle game but what you don't understand is like You're it's getting, so big it's five games plus a parade, <laughs> plus a parade. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, exactly. and a saturday morning
1: cartoon
3: all right in there yeah. you got yeah.
0: everything yeah, so I was I was 100% happy to pay that. And um and if you prefer it on Steam, I actually think it's a little cheaper on Steam. Um I think it's $20 on Steam if I if I saw that correctly. So so if you're, you know, budget conscious, there you go. Um but this is so worth your time and worth picking up. Um and uh, in terms of how long it takes to play, uh which is an important factor for our show, uh I I got through the level 1 chunk Basically completing each zone and then seeing the end credits uh, within, I think, about three hours or four hours. Um, and that was sort of dusting off some old skills. That's probably going to vary a lot depending on how familiar you are with the driller games, which mode you're playing on, etc. And then, of course, you can then go in and play through level two. And then there's a final level, which I forget. It's not called level two. It's like max or something like that.
1: There's Hard. there's a level three. And then there's, there's special, oh, which... Yeah. I have no idea what that is because I am not that good. I'm
0: not that special either. No. Um I've never actually gotten to level three on these. So I'm excited to try that now that I think I'm getting a little better at it than I was back.
1: Level three is so hard. Level (laughs) three is so
3: hard. I I will say I have spent (laughs) as much time on level two of Horror House as I spent On the entire first level
0: of all five other games. Yeah, it's definitely, it definitely ramps up, but in a good way. It's the kind of thing where like I was really excited to hit a new level of difficulty and uh, and continue trying. So that's really what this game is all about. And uh, hopefully folks will enjoy it. Um, If, uh, so uh, obviously uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Anna, this was really great to to have you yeah, on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I I wanted to uh, also mention that. Uh, so I didn't really give Anna a particularly great intro at the top because I was so excited to talk about He's Mr. So excited about drilling. I was very excited about drilling. Um, so in in case you don't know who Anna is, Anna uh, is the professor. Excuse me for using your full academic title here. Anna is the professor <laughs> and game designer in residence at DePaul University College of Computing and Digital Media. And also an incredibly good follow on Twitter, and just an incredibly good thinker and writer about uh, game design and uh, and game design in all kinds of ways. So um, I I've, uh, I've been following Anna's work for years. I uh, it's been many years now, but I read uh, oh um, a game design vocabulary, and I've been following your uh, you know your your various game design output over the years, and I just. Got a chance to check out uh, the most recent thing that I think you released, which was uh, Tavern at the End of the World. Um, so you've been putting out a number of these sort of micro sort of solo tabletop <laughs> RPGs recently. Um, do you mind talking mm-hmm. a little bit about about Tavern at the End of the World and like what it is and, and, and maybe some of the other games that are part of that work that you're yeah. doing? Yeah.
1: Um, so lately I've been working on these kind of solo role playing games um that you play with a with a deck of tarot cards. Um mostly because I have a lot of decks of tarot cards now and I want more <laughs> reasons to use them. And so uh Tavern at the end of the world is a solo game where you are kind of running a you're running a tavern. Um you're running a you know tavern that kind of operates as like a gray market, black market um business in a town that's under military occupation, um, which is so something that's probably familiar to you if you live in the United States of America right now. Um, and so um, and so it's a journaling game. You are kind of drawing cards, receiving, you know, using the cards to generate people visiting your, your tavern, um, you know, uh, using coins to decide whether they create, you know, whether they bring heat down on you. And you're keeping a journal um, in coded language in case it ever gets confiscated um, about kind of what, what goes on in your tavern. Um, and so we've, I released this game as part of a bundle um, with, uh, with uh, three other amazing creators. Um, and the bundle is called the needle in a gay stack bundle. Love um, it. It's uh you know, it's, it's a, it's a pride themed bundle, although we didn't, end Up launching it until the end of Pride Month. Eh. Still um, counts. It has, yeah. And it's running for the next month. So, so you have until like July 25th, I think. Um, $25 gets you eight different games, uh, mostly tabletop games. Uh, there's a couple of LARPs, there's one interactive fiction game. Um, all like all very queer um, games by queer creators about. Themes of queerness and marginalization. Um, I have a couple games in there. Uh, There's a game about like a game that you play by stripping in front of the other player. Uh, And you're also both demigods uh, who have crushes on each other. Um, There's a game about trying to hijack uh, marijuana drones, Uh, like a (laughs) marijuana drone startup, but you're like throwing dice with pipe. It's, it's a really incredible bundle of a lot of incredible stuff. Um, and 20% of the money that we raise is going to the Trans Needles organization, um, which is an organization that sends, uh, sends HRT supplies to trans people. Uh, specifically right now, they are, you know, they are focusing their work on, uh, on supplying black trans people with needles and HRT supplies. Um, and so by buying this bundle, you are not only helping support their work um, in helping the trans community, but you are also supporting like the livelihood and the work of uh, four, you know, queer game designers uh, and getting like eight really cool games. I think they're cool. Um, I completely agree. What a wonderful combination
0: of causes and people! Uh, yeah, absolutely, Thank totally you. agree. And I, I haven't had a chance to check out any of the other stuff in the bundle yet. But I sat down with Tavern at the End of the World uh, recently. I I dug out a uh, uh, you know, a tarot deck uh, and uh, played through. I guess like the first like day of this. Uh, you know, I haven't haven't completed the the journey with my tavern yet. But I've never really played solo uh, sort of journaling RPGs like this before. And I, I don't know, like I was surprised how much I enjoyed this as a style. Like I, I think it's a really neat approach. And it also struck me as something that I would really enjoy uh, not just for myself but also as a way of kind of uh, if you're for example like a uh like a, a dungeon master or something or a, you know a gm or something doing something like this is a great way to sort of brainstorm things for maybe a, a a larger tabletop game too and i just had a i had a lovely time uh doing this as it's sort of a you know great quarantine activity so i think it's really really cool i um i i had never played one like this before and it it made me realize that this is a chunk of uh, of your work that i haven't gotten a chance to really spend time with so i'm going to go check out some of the others of these that you've uh that you've published so um thanks for cool. talking
3: about it thank you when yeah. i when i buy the bundle do i have to put in my address for the marijuana drone or how does that work i kind i didn't quite follow that part
1: no you put your neighbor's address oh, and the, nice <laughs> and you just be in the right place at the right time
3: that's perfect <laughs> yeah Mine, that's good thinking the building next to me is empty right now, so
0: it's even better Perfect. <laughs> that's awesome um so yeah, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I've always wanted you know, to find an opportunity to to bring you on just to to chat because uh, you know it, it, it's very exciting to to um, to have you it's, on
1: It's so wild that as an as an indie game developer of all the things that you could have had
0: me on I know.
1: Your show to talk about,
0: <laughs> Well I've been looking it's at like amco property I've been looking for an opportunity to have you on, and it just has't it you know the 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 right uh the right game and moment hasn't arisen for whatever reason and then when I found out that you were a big fan of this game that I was also so excited about, I was like, oh um." Weird but also perfect opportunity, and hey, awesome! I'm really glad that you uh, well, how about
1: we made the right choice? Yes, how so about we make
0: sure on, it's not the last time? Talk
1: about, talk about this weird game I'm obsessed
0: <laughs> with. <All right>. Anytime <laughs> that you feel like if you have a, a, a short game. Uh, that you feel like talking about into a microphone. We are uh, we are always glad to have you back. Thank you for coming on. So uh, for folks who uh, want to check out the show and all the things that we do, you can find us on the web at www.theshortgame.net. you have also got a contact form there where you can let us know about short video games that you think are interesting or would be right for the show. You can find us on Twitter at underscore short game. Uh, and of course, you can find us on all of the various podcast platforms. We like reviews. Please leave us them if you wouldn't mind. You can also find us on uh, Patreon. We are patreon.com slash the short game and all of our uh, patrons at even a dollar a month, uh, which we very much appreciate, get instant invites to our discord where we talk about the games that we're playing on the show and also things that we're preparing to cover on the show and also just general chit chat. So it's a great place to hang out if you want to talk about short video games on the internet. Um, Uh, Anna, where can people, apart from obviously the great bundle on itch, where can, uh, well, maybe including that, where can people find you in your work?
1: Um, So the easiest place to find out what's going on with me is at my Twitter account. I'm at adult underscore witch um you can also find all of my games uh you know on my itch page at w.itch.io or witchio i think
0: everyone on itch or itch.io is jealous of your snagging that particular custom domain i had to to get it oh (laughs) oh whatever you gotta do the truth comes out but i'm glad that you got it it's perfect Uh, and, of course, uh, Nate, where can people find you?
3: Well, you can find me on Twitter, at NateSTL. And I also would like to give a shout-out to Dallas Divine for leaving us a fantastic review on iTunes. They said... Fun conversation, good analysis, and great editing. They went on to say a lot of nice things about the production and this podcast. And so I want to say thank you for that wonderful review. And we're also really putting it to the test on this episode uh, with all of the firework background. So good luck on this one, Reagan. Yes, thank you. Uh,
0: uh, and Shane, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at 8BitShane. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at reagank. That's R-E-Y-G-A-N-K. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening to The Short Game.